Hello, welcome to Feed, Play, Love, the bite-sized podcast for parents and carers. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Today, we're revisiting one of our favourite interviews from the archive. I hope you enjoy it. I remember not long after my daughter was born, sitting at the dinner table, talking with my siblings who also had small children. My dad leaned over and said, but you never thought you could talk about so much poo. And you know what? He was right. It's astounding how normal the discussion of poo becomes. And it's something new parents probably should be aware of when they're around non-parents. Robin Barker has had her fair share of conversations about poo. Robin, of course, is the author of Baby Love, and she has also released a book called Close to Home, which is full of short fiction stories. Hi, Robin. Welcome to Kindling Conversation. Thank you, Siobhan. Good. So why do you reckon that parents, it is that parents get yeah. so fascinated with poo? Well, for the first couple of years at least, before babies can communicate and tell us what the problem is, and when we're, and when we're concerned about their health and well-being, and when babies cry too much and toddlers have tantrums and they wake up at night, we look for concrete signs of what the problem might be because we can't say to them what's wrong. And one of those signs is poo because it's very easy. There it is, right in front of us. <laughs> and maybe the poo's going to tell us something that we need to know about the baby's health and behaviour, especially in the first three months, especially if it's first babies. Again, the poo is something that is there for us to look at and ponder about and wonder if it's normal, if it's not, uh, and what we should be doing about it, if we should be doing anything about it. So I think that's the main reason. And so if we start with newborns, mm-hmm. are we able to say what's normal in newborn poo? Pretty much. Most most poo in newborn babies is normal. So if you're, for example, the first poo that arrives can be a bit of a shock, except that I think now mostly parents learn about this in their parent education courses before they have the baby. But if they've never had a baby before and they haven't learnt about meconium, that first poo that comes, it's very sticky, it looks like tar, then that can be a bit of a shock. I mean, the other thing that we tend to do as adults all the time, especially with babies and toddlers, is project adult experience onto the babies and toddlers. And sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. And in the area of poo, it actually mostly doesn't work. So a lot of the poo that newborns and babies in the first three months produce in adult terms, might be quite alarming, but in baby terms, it's actually quite normal. So that first poo that comes can almost look like there's blood in it. It's such a rich, sort of dark, tarry colour. But in fact, that's quite normal. That's that's the first poo that comes. After that, the, the poo then changes um, and it becomes, well, any colour, from lettuce green to seeded mustard to bright yellow to bright orange... Uh, sometimes it comes out like toothpaste out of a tooth, you know, out of a out of a toothpaste tube. Sometimes it, it's explosive, <laughs> flies Often. across the room. Um, we used to like calling it a punami, which I'm sure yes, many parents that's, use. Yes, that, that's right. So this should not be confused with uh, diarrhea. Calling it diarrhea, etc. I mean, historically, lots of things have been done to babies on the basis of their poo, which we now know are, are all really silly. But even today, we tend to be making diagnoses about the baby on the strength of the poo, which are wildly inaccurate. Like, it's very easy to say, oh, the baby's got lactose intolerance, or the baby's constipated, or the baby's this and the baby's that, when in actual fact, it's all quite normal. Having said that, of course, if you're in ever any doubt, go to a 
well-qualified, congenial health <laughs> professional who can set you right. Constipation is probably something parents would worry about. Is it more common in babies once they start solids or is it something that can still happen when you're breastfeeding? Breastfed babies don't get constipated. When they're only having breast milk and not having anything else, they don't get constipated. Babies on formula can get their poo is different. It's it's more formed. That there's le- that they do it less frequently, and we did we used to have problems with uh, formula and constipation. However, the modern formulas now I don't think that is such a problem as it used to be. Now, once a breastfed baby starts solids, yes, they can become constipated, particularly if they get rice cereal and banana. They're the two biggies. And they love banana. Yes, but banana is, um, and, and, and oddly, people often think, oh, banana should do, have the reverse effect. But in fact, with babies, it doesn't. It, it blocks them up. So if you've got a really healthy breastfed baby who's gaining weight well and um, you start solids and, and this happens, and it can come as a shock, actually, because, you know, they get distressed and they're pushing and shoving and, and it nothing's hurts happening. Them, right. and sometimes it might hurt them a bit. I don't think it hurts them that much, to be honest. But um, it's uncomfortable. The best thing to do is to actually stop the solids and uh, just go on with the breastfeeding, wait until the poo goes back to normal and then start again with something else. Prunes are good. <laughs> Not too much of them, of course. Vegetables are good. Keep it sloppy. Uh, nowadays, we don't have any restrictions on, uh, or increasingly people are saying, don't restrict the first foods of babies. So, I mean, rolled oats is probably better than rice cereal, do you know? Uh, and just take it slowly until they, until they adjust. Yeah. I have to bring up the prunes again, just yes. because there was a point when Darcy was probably about 18 months so she mm-hmm. was definitely on mm. solids had stopped breastfeeding at that point and it seemed like she was a bit constipated and we were away on a family trip with um, her cousins and one of the cousins was quite little I remember I must have given her maybe one and a half and of course prunes are like just big sultanas so she yes. was really loving it and wanted yummy more prunes. oh she loved them yeah. and there was a moment when we looked over and saw that perhaps they're had been a little bit of a nappy explosion from someone onto the floor or something. And I, I glanced over and went, it's not Darcy. It couldn't <laughs> possibly be Darcy. She's 18 months. She doesn't do that sort of thing anymore. And then um, was about to blame my brother's little girl. And I looked over and I went, oh, my goodness, those prunes. Yes. So you've got to be careful. You <laughs> Some do. Babies prunes respond. And, and, in fact, with young babies, let's say, you know, six months old, even that, that age, bit older, bit younger. If you overdo the prunes, it can give them belly aches. Mm. Can give them belly aches. So does you, prune juice work for some? Prune younger? juice, in fact, is better. If you have a ser- you, obviously your toddler wasn't sort of seriously uh, constipated. <laughs> if, you, if you get that serious constipation, which can happen with older babies and toddlers, you always do better with prune juice as opposed to um, you know prunes because the juice uh, works better. You know, if, if you're giving them um, prunes and things like that to, to eat, which work for adults, in babies it tends to bulk, bulk things up even more. So as a general rule, you do better with prune juice as opposed to uh, the prunes. Yeah, but with, with young babies, just go easy. You dilute it. Try it in little bits. Yeah, <laughs> don't go. Mm. Don't get excited don't like get, I don't, did. Don't get too too, too <laughs> overexcited. I think the other thing we should talk about at the moment, because it, it, about this, seeing we're on the subject of constipation, breastfed babies when they often get to be about three months, maybe ten weeks, three months, four months, when they're still only on breast milk, probably about fifty percent of them store up the poo, 
and they may not go for 10 days, sometimes two weeks. Again, this is quite normal and it's not constipation. It's just that uh, breast milk's very efficient and the poo is it just sort of banks up there and they don't get the sensation that they want to go. It's not harmful at all. When they do go, though, a warning, there'll be the most enormous poo everywhere. <laughs> Out the top of the jumpsuit, Nick, one woman told me about. Oh, that has happened, so, definitely. Yeah, so, um, so yeah. It's, be aware. And, and you actually don't need to do anything about that, although parents, mothers do report that the baby seems a bit distressed. They start pushing down a lot. Which, again, is nothing to really worry about. However, if you think your baby is distressed and you're breastfeeding and they're not getting any other food or or, uh, fluids, you can try and give them extra juice if you want to, water. Often breastfed babies won't take bottles, so the best way to do that is from a little cup or off a spoon if you want to do that. But there's actually no need to, not really. So the other end, if we're talking about constipation, the other side of the coin is diarrhoea. That can be quite dangerous for babies and young children. But if we start with babies, how hard is that to know? Because they're until they're eating solids, their poos aren't very, they're not formed, their stools That's aren't right. formed. So how do you know? In fact, I'll go out on a limb here and I'll say a normal, healthy, well-fed baby, definitely if they're breastfed and probably if they're bottle-fed, is unlikely to get infectious diarrhoea in the first six months. Now, having said that, Of course, if at any time you think that's the case, go straight to a doctor or a hospital because it can be quite dangerous. Infectious diarrhoea tends to be more of a problem when they're older, when they're crawling around, putting everything in their mouth, maybe they're in daycare and they're being exposed to all the bugs that are around plus their natural immunity is wearing off a bit. So that is generally when when that's more of a problem. And usually they're they're not well, you know, they've, they've... fractious they're upset they might be off their food and the poo is just pouring out it usually smells awful and um, more awful (laughs) yeah it might be mucousy every time they have something to eat you know if they have anything to eat out it comes now that can be actually quite dangerous so you do need to get help with that what what is particularly risky is if they're vomiting at the same time so if you have that vomiting at one end and pooing at the other end, that is definitely reason to get, get to the nearest children's hospital, your GP, uh, because that can that can be quite dangerous. When it's um, infectious diarrhoea just coming out the bottom end, it depends. Sometimes you just have to make adjustments to their diet and make sure they've got uh, lots of fluids. Sh- and- make sure they're getting lots of fluid, but small amounts often, because if you, if you give them a whole lot it's just going to go straight through Uh, if you're breastfeeding you can keep breastfeeding if they're on formula you really need to take them off the formula for 24 hours but this is all you need you need to get good instructions from a health professional if if uh, if these things are happening but the the big danger is the vomiting and the pooing all at the same time that's when you seek Mm. help now finally robin you're a mother yes and a grandmother yes and you've been a a mother craft nurse for many 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 years Mm. I imagine you have a few good poo stories. <laughs> what was the most memorable one? Yeah, look, I think I think I've mentioned it already. I think the one of the poo coming out the um, the, the <laughs> coming out curling curling out of the neck of the jumpsuit. A, a, a woman I was seeing, a mother I was seeing, was worried because the baby, a breastfed baby, hadn't pooed for a while. And I said, "Oh, look, it's fine. It'll, it'll be all right. Don't worry about it." And so, I don't know, sometime later, she was walking around Bondi Junction with the baby in a <laughs> stroller or something, and she looked down, 
and and the whole of the top of the jumpsuit was bulging. <laughs> and she said, as she stared, it all started coming out the neck of the, <laughs> the jumpsuit. <laughs> oh, that poor woman. So, uh, yes, that's, that's probably the one I always remember. <laughs> well, Robin, thank you so much for You're coming welcome. today. Thanks. That's Robin Barker. You may know her as the author of Baby Love, but she has a new book out. It's called Close to Home. It's a collection of short stories and it's had great reviews, so make sure you check it out. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you, so if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.